Well, we're ready to get going. Um, clearly, uh, it's been a long time since last season ended. Put a lot of work into putting this team together. And we're just excited to get started uh, as a team uh, for spring practice. We start on Friday. We'll have an inter-squad uh, first day. And we're anxious to get going. So happy to answer any and all questions. Starting right with Dave. I'm shocked you're asking the first question. How's it going, Mark? Um, the guys, Some of the guys who were limited in fall, uh, anybody still limited in the spring, maybe other things have come up, maybe not going to play this year? Uh, no, Roman Kimball, I think everybody is aware of his situation, the Notre Dame transfer. We'll miss the year. Outside of that, everybody should be good to go uh, come opening day. Go to your left, Colin. I guess Mark Colin, a lot. Good to see you. Mark, how we doing? Um, you spent a lot of the offseason retooling this lineup offensively, bringing guys from the portal, freshmen. From what you saw in the fall to what you've seen maybe through the small work now, what kind of gives you confidence that this offense can take that step forward? I just think we have a lot of good players, a lot of proven players, a lot of older, experienced players. I think guys that have been uh, in situations where they've had to prove themselves, and they've done that, and whether it's in this program or other programs uh, at high levels. And we also have some very talented new guys that have really held their own so far for freshmen. So I just feel really good that it's going to be a, a team that's tough to pitch to. It's going to have a left-right balance. It's going to have a speed-power balance. And I think we're going to take really tough at-bats up and down the lineup. So you're right, John. Yeah. A, a lot of new guys for you. You have placed a big emphasis on, on team building, especially in the fall. How, how have you seen that come together as you, as you go into team practice? Yeah, tremendously. Uh, this team has really bought into knowing that it's, it's – a lot of new guys, and so it was up to our older guys who have done a tremendous job of welcoming them in. And I think the older, more experienced guys we got out of the portal have done a nice job of, of, of not coming in and, and do, doing anything other than saying they want to be a part of a great team and a, and a great program. So uh, I give Sanders, Hall, uh, Mahoney, and Wimmer a lot of credit. They've kind of evolved as the leaders on this team. Uh, they're great players, but they also have, have really been invested uh, in this team so far, and they've done a really nice job of welcoming the new players, young and old, in. And this team has really bought into that concept of you know, you've got to be talented, you've got to work hard, but sometimes that secret ingredient is just a close-knit team that can handle adversity together and Obviously, there's adversity to come in any season, so we'll see how that looks when, it, when we get to that point. But uh, this looks to be a very talented, close team. To your left, Michael. Uh, hey, Mark. Hey, Mike. Um, you you kind of touched on this a little bit, but when you look at your offense this year, what are you expecting in terms of maybe the, the personality, character of the offense? I know last year's a little more contact-oriented, a little yeah. more speed. Just how, how do you feel, and, and how has maybe Monty uh, influenced? Uh, yeah, ideally, I mean, again, you don't always get what you want. Um, it's like buying a house. Sometimes you sacrifice, you know, the neighborhood for the pool or or, or the school system, uh, whatever. There's you always you never have everything you want, but. Ideally, what we want is a team that has balance between speed and power, a team that's going to not be an easy team to strike out and give you tough at-bats one through nine. Uh, you want to have a left-right balance. Um, and so you want to be able to play options in, in matchups when you have, the, when you have the, the need to do that. And I think this team appears to have that. I really do. Um, Again, we, we brought in some experienced left-handed hitters. Um, when you look at the Cassises, and Horning has made a huge jump offensively so far in strength and in his swing. Um, and uh, Denny from Oral Roberts is a tremendous left-handed power hitter. So we're going to have some things and some weapons this year that we just didn't have last year. And so Monty has done a really nice job of kind of, uh, you know, 
instituting what we think an offense should look like individually and collectively. And him and I are generally on the same page in just about everything offensively in terms of how we want to train the hitters, what we want them thinking, what we want an offense to look like. So it's been a very positive addition. And I think this is, this is a group of hitters that, that we can do some things with. Hello, in the back, Rick. Hey, Mark. Good hey, to see we, you. How are we doing? Hey, great. Hey, you mentioned having some guys who are invested in the program. You had some players that were drafted. They could have signed, but yeah. instead they're coming back. What does that mean to have those guys back, especially um, to work with the younger guys? Yeah, it's, it's huge. It really is. Um, number one, I think it says a lot about how those three guys um, felt about wanting to come back here and have some unfinished business. Uh, you know, if you have a program where guys can't wait to get out of, uh, when they get drafted, they go. And so to have three guys in one draft cycle decide to come back and, and continue strengthening the program, I think that's, that's, that says a lot about them and about where our program is. Um, but in terms of what it's meant to our team, uh, on the field, it's going to mean a lot. I mean, those three guys are huge contributors for us this year, and they've also really taking the reins of leadership. And so I just think it's, it's been a huge positive for us to get those guys back, both in the, in the things you'll see on the field, but also what's going on in the locker room, in the weight room, et cetera. Hey, Mark. Uh, what areas of the team do you still think need some work, and what areas are ready for opening day? Well, I'd say nothing is ready for opening day yet. That's why we still have three weeks, and we're working on every area. Um, until you're until you're in Omaha, you know you you want everything to improve. So, uh, still being a, a few weeks away from opening day, I'll say everything still needs to get better. You know the decisions we're going to make on the lineup, um, how guys uh, are pitch counts wise in terms of your starting pitchers. There's still a lot of work to be done, um, but again, I'm, I'm optimistic that when all is said and done, once the season starts, we'll be in a good place. You're right, Alan. Got three catchers who all kind of played in the fall and split time back there, including the transfer. Actually, four. Actually, four. four. Yeah. How do you kind of see that battle going? And is there anyone who's kind of a leader in the clubhouse right now to be your opening day catcher? Yeah, too early to say that for sure. I will say Lee Croy and Messina have made tremendous strides offensively and defensively. They're two of our returners. Um, French has come over uh, and and really given us options back there as well. And then uh, Xander Buchan, a, a local product out of AC Flora, has been probably even better than we thought he would be coming in as a young guy. So that's impressive, by the way, the way you're typing and still watching me talk. That's, I couldn't do that. I, that's almost distracting, the quality of what you're doing there. Um, so yeah, we feel good about that position. Again, uh, Lee Croy and Messina are also infielders. And so they're, they're kind of, I, I'm not going to call them projects. They're developmental guys in terms of they still have a lot of room for growth because they, they've been infielders, not just catchers their whole life. Um, French has been a catcher his whole life, same with Xander. So I feel, I feel good about that position. To your left, Jack. Hey, Mark. How's How it going? going? Good. good. Going? So what's, what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself as a coach during your time here? And what was Mark Kingston like during year one at Carolina versus now? Wow. Well, I'm not going to talk about myself in the third person. So that, <laughs> to, uh, that's, that's number one. Um, <laughs> I think all coaches evolve uh, every year that passes in your career, no matter where you are. I, I think all coaches evolve, and, I, and I've evolved here in terms of you know how you handle things, how you look at things, big picture, small picture. Um, there's no question I'm a different coach now than I was maybe five years ago when I got here. Um, what I will tell you now is, is uh, um, as a coach, my number one I've always thought my number one priority was the, the, the relationship with the players and all that. But as I've 
kind of looked at myself and looked in the mirror, I'm doing much more of that than I ever have in terms of uh, as a young coach, you just you know you've got to win to keep your job and you've got to win to move on and, and do all those things. Now I am 100% all in on just make sure you do right by the players, make sure you're giving them what they need, providing the structure, the environment, um, the relationships that they need, and then the rest will take care of themselves. And, you know, young coaches always say that and they, they talk the talk. But now um, that I'm, I think, what, 15 years now into my head coaching career, I'm all in on that 100%. I will let the chips fall where they may, but my focus is on serving the needs of our coaches and our players to make sure that everything is where it needs to be, and then the results will take care of themselves. Mark, you guys got a preseason ranking from D1 Baseball last year. They said in, in large part because of the pitching. Mm -hmm. Just how does that flow from Will on down to have so much experience back and then say, you know, how important are those three guys going to be? I mean, yeah, well, a little bit different. Again, we've got to stay healthy. And so after last year, you, you never take anything for granted. But uh, how can you not be excited about the guys we're going to have on that pitching staff? Maybe you look at Sanders and Hall and Mahoney and Hicks coming back and Becker and a kid named Eli Jerzenbeck, who you're going to all get to know very well. Um, those are probably the top six guys right now, I would say, in terms of being considered as starters. Um, most people are trying to find a third starter for the weekend. We, we go six deep at least right now, and that's not even talking about a Ricky Williams who started games uh, in the past. It's not talking about Eli Jones who has started games for us in the past, Brett Thomas who was started Friday night games in the past. So we feel really good about that group. And, again, the, the expectations are high, but I think most of them are warranted, if not all. And just a matter of them going out there and doing it. And it's up to us to make sure we figure out the right way to fit those pieces of the puzzle together. And that could change. You know, you could look at one guy as a starter early on and decide a better role for him is, is out of the bullpen and vice versa. Um, but I, I feel really good about where, where our, the starting line is for us. Mark, you mentioned Carson and Caleb, two guys that we really didn't see a whole lot of in the fall. In terms of opening day, what do their roles maybe look like? And from an offensive standpoint, how do you feel like they can help this team? Well, they're right there in the running. I mean, again, I think most good teams have left-handed power, and they're two of our best along with Cassis in terms of just pure left-handed power. So, I mean, you're uh, unless something crazy happens, you're looking at those guys being big-time contributors for us. And so they, they weren't here all fall for us, um, as you know, uh, but they've both been tremendous in the early going. Uh, uh, we haven't played an inter-squad inter scrimmage yet, but we have had uh, pitcher-hitter matchups, and Denny has three homers already just in the, in the very – probably in 12 at-bats worth of, of at-bats so far. He's got three homers so far. So we're really excited what he's going to bring to the table. Jack Mahoney played a little for you on – on the infield last year and, and hit some. Um, how beneficial was it for him to, to take the extended time off uh, from a pitching standpoint? And, and what have what have you seen from him and um, you know coming into coming into the preseason? Yeah, Jack's a special kid. As you know, he was a two way guy and he couldn't pitch last year because of the surgery, but he could help the team as a position player in spots, and he did that. He had the huge homer in Charlotte against North Carolina in that big night. Um, but I think him now making the decision to just focus on pitching. I think that's going to serve us well. I think it's going to serve him well. And I, I think he'll see the benefits of it. His fastball is going to be in that 96, 97 range most days he pitches. And now it's just a matter of the finer points of pitching. But he's athletic. He's a tremendous competitor. He cares deeply about his team and his teammates. And he's a great leader. Um, he's everything you're looking for. And so now it's just a matter of him putting it all together. Um, 
again, you can throw 96, but now let's let's make sure it's the right kind of 96 where hitters don't see it. And he's he's made some adjustments as of late in terms of just minor things on maybe where he stands on the mound or a grip. And I, I just think the sky's the limit for Jack. Back to your left, Mike. <clears throat> Yeah, Mark, you know, every year you don't shy away from the expectation of you guys want to get to Omaha, want to, you know, be, be in, in the conversation there. You know, after the way last year ended and all the injuries and, and the adversity of things like that, do you, do you sense, is there almost maybe an increased hunger from some of these guys, from the, some of these guys who maybe, you know, turned down the draft and came back? What, what do you sense in terms of just players and leadership here and the hunger and getting back to the post? Yeah, I, just, I think that's a great question. I just think there's a little bit of a chip on the shoulder of a lot of guys that say, hey, we're going to show you what we really are. Um, it's hard hard to get a glimpse of what we really were last year for obvious reasons but I think we've got a lot of guys that came back but also you know guys that that um, have gotten better that just have a chip on their shoulder they want to they want to show people who we really are and so hunger I, I think we've got kids when you come to the SEC you've got a lot of hungry players and coaches all the time um, but I just think we've got a little bit of a chip on our shoulder to to show what we're all about. In the offseason did the baseball committee NCAA tinker with anything is the is the game going to be significantly changed from what we saw last year faster are you hoping it's faster <laughs> oh no I, you hoping for two hour and 20 time. minute games for a nap. um there's there's been some things they had talked about an 18 and a 14 pitch uh second pitch clock at, at this point it's going to remain at 20 um there's some minor rules you know in terms of slide rules and all that Obviously, I think everybody knows the uh, the volunteer coach now, as of July 1st, will turn into a full-time coach, long time coming. Uh, and whether that's still enough for what baseball deserves, that's for another day. Um, but outside of that, off the top of my head, Phil, I can't think of anything else that would be anything major. Um, I know Major League Baseball has, has made some rule changes in terms of banning some shifts and two guys on both sides. Uh, college baseball has not gone to that route yet. They may in the future because it seems like a lot of those things fall downhill from the big leagues. Um, but as of right now, you won't see any major changes that I, that I can think of off the top of my head. Okay, far left. Jump. Hey, Mark, you got a lot of Clemson, former Clemson guys on this roster, coaching and player-wise. I know that's not uh, very standard. Hmm. But what's that been like working them in? Are there running jokes? Uh, I guess yeah, yeah maybe early on, thing, but yeah. I think maybe early on there was a little bit of that. But I think now they're just so happy to be Gamecocks that that's kind of worn off. And, and the fact that they're here, I think, says everything about where they want to be and, and what they believe in. So yeah, maybe early on, but that's that's a long time ago. Rick and Mark, do you set a theme for the uh, season, or is they a um, consistent message that you said from day one and you keep peppering the guys with and if so what is it yeah good question rick um a lot of what we're doing obviously we've always talked about preparation and toughness and discipline and those are the words we have in our locker room and that's always been there um, but a lot of i think what our guys are really rallying around are some of the things they learned and were a part of at fort jackson uh we went to Fort Jackson uh, three different times this fall, and I thought the guys really just got a good feel for the camaraderie that's required and the teamwork that's required and supporting your teammates. So that's really been a, a big thing. I think this team really rallies around just supporting each other, being there for each other, problem solving together, because those are all the things that they were forced to do over at Fort Jackson. So we don't have just a a motto yet um, maybe we will once the team's uh, once the season starts but as of right now we don't have a team motto um, but that could change that could change hi coach um, when you have so many new additions transfers coaching staff things like that how does that build belief and hope um, headed into this season well I think 
for our older guys, for our returning guys, it was good for them to see the quality and the caliber of players that we brought in. Um, we talked to Will Sanders and the Jack Mahoney's throughout the summer, and they were they were very invested in who's coming in, and they knew we were going to be fairly active in the portal, and they wanted to know about uh, which high school kids are going to get through the draft, and we've heard about this, this guy. Is he going to make it? And so I think what's really been good for our returning players is to see the caliber of person and player that was brought into this program uh, this summer. And so to me, that's, that's where they get the most hope is because they know what we have back. They know what turned down the draft that, that returned and they've gotten a feel for how the, this new group goes to work, the caliber of the talent, and that's where they get their hope from because they know what it looks like. They know what it's supposed to look like. They know what a good defense looks like. They know what left-handed power looks like, and so they've been able to see it with their own eyes, and so that's provided a lot of hope. Uh, you mentioned Eli Jersenbeck a second ago as a guy we're all going to get to know as a true freshman. How have you kind of seen him develop since the fall, and do you envision a role for him yet specifically just or just kind of in the mix? Well, I call him a weapon. I'm not ready to call him a starter, a closer, a bullpen guy. I'm not ready to call him any of those and label him any of those yet, um, but he is a weapon. It's 96, 97. It's three different off-speed pitches at any count. Um, he's not afraid to throw any pitch at any time. Um, his dad's a former Major League Baseball player. Um, and so he's got everything you're looking for. He's, he's a little quirky, which, you know, when he's pitching well, it's, it's, I, I compare him to Mark the Bird Fidrich for the older, for the older fans in here. They know who that is. And so it's, he's very fun to watch. He's very competitive. He's very confident. And, and he has reason to be because his stuff is electric. So how we decide to best use him, um, you know, it, it's going to require probably some patience on his part um, because we just want to make sure we put him in a great position to succeed, but also what's the best way to use him. It could be as a starter. It could be as a Landon Sims type pitcher like Mississippi State used uh, and anywhere in between. Um, but he's a weapon, no question. Hey, Coach, you spoke about balance between the lineup and speed and con speed and uh, left and right. Um, with that, what are the expectations you have for this squad going into the season? Well, I just want to be the best we can be, whatever that may be. I don't want to put a ceiling on it in terms of where I think we are in terms of how many runs we score a game. I just want to put the best team out there that gives us the best chance to win every day. And there may be days we decide to play the best defense. There may be days we decide to play the best nine bats and take a back seat on the defense. There may be days where the wind is blowing in, and that determines who we put out there. Uh, there may be days there's a, a dominant lefty on the mound for the other team, and so you go a right-handed heavy lineup. What I do like is that we have more than just nine guys that can help us win games, and so that will provide options and, and um, opportunities for guys that maybe more so than in the past um, because we will really be able to match up. And so at the end of the day, you, whatever you, you decide and what you come up with is you hope helps win the game that day. How has uh, the ability for players to receive money for NIL impacted college baseball? Have, have you all seen significant impact um, across the country, more in the SEC, or, or, or how, how do you feel like it's, it's impacted? This yeah, great question, John. Um, I think it's impacted our program, obviously, um, because it's it's made guys maybe uh, be able to afford being here or staying here uh, much more than in the past. Uh, I think there are a lot of schools out there that are unbelievably um, 
blessed, is that the right word, in terms of the quality of assistance they can provide players right now. We're all watching all the stories in NIL and other sports as well. You know, we've heard the stories about quarterbacks and 13 million and all those things, and it's crazy. We're all trying to navigate it as we go, um, but I'm in support of it. I think our sport especially, as you know, we have 11.7 scholarships for a 35-man roster. That means a lot of kids over the years have paid a lot of money to, to, for the opportunity to play baseball at a place like South Carolina. So the fact that we can now help them in other areas to help them make ends meet, um, the collectives have been extremely important, extremely important. So um, I would anticipate they'll only grow as we go. I don't think that they're going to shrink as we – I could be wrong, but I think they'll continue to be a major part of – putting rosters together and who you are able to hold. So I'm for it because I think players, baseball players, deserve to, to be funded at a much higher rate than they have historically. Mark, you mentioned having six guys. You look at as starters right now, and, and Eli and Ricky have started games before. Most of these guys come here thinking that they're probably going to start. How do you and Justin maybe manage those expectations and talk to guys about roles and embracing what they're doing now instead of, kind of wishing maybe to be a starter yeah I would answer that Colin two ways number one they're smart they they see the talent we have out there they see who's they know that a Will Sanders is going to be there they know that a Noah Hall is going to be there because they are tried and true they're proven at the highest levels and so then they start to do their math and okay we play four games a week that means there's two more spots so guys are smart um they understand that the second part of that I would say is, is when you're on a team that can be really good Guys tend to be a little bit more accepting of a different role if they know it's for the good of something special. If, if, I'm willing to maybe cut my role a little bit if I know it can help a team get to Omaha. And so I think a lot of our guys are, one, smart enough to see the talent level that we have, and then, two, they know this could be a really good team. And so most of the guys, as far as we can tell so far, are going to be very unselfish in terms of just doing whatever the team requires. And so that's how we'll, we'll start the season, and I think that's where they are. And then, you know, if we have issues from there, then that always comes back to communication. And you've got to be honest and communicate with guys and let them know, here's what we think your role is going to be. It can always change, but here's what we think your role is. Here's what you need to do to improve to get a bigger role. Um, so the communication comes in, in uh, you know, comes in hand there and, and coach Parker as the pitching coach has the most communication with our pitchers and I think he does a really nice job there what are your expectations for Michael Braswell and how can he take a step forward in year two yeah I, I just I want to see Michael like all players I just want to see make good progress um, a lot of times the freshman to the sophomore year is the biggest jump for players and for our we've seen that with a lot of guys um, I mentioned Lee Croy and Messina and Horning and, and Stone has made a nice jump as a sophomore and I just want to see the same thing with Michael I want to see improvement in all areas of your game um, and, and and, and just see a good evolution of a player. You know, we've, we've been doing this a long time. I think we have all, all the resources in place, all the guidance in place that players should be getting each and, better at each and every year in all areas of their game. Mark, on Monty specifically, kind of could you take us through, you know, the hiring process, the interview process from your end, and what's it been like to have a, a coach of, of that caliber you know, yeah it happened pretty quickly it happened at the very end of the summer um 
uh, as you know, Chad, for family reasons, had to go back to Mississippi. And so um, Monty at that point was still, um, you know, had some options at that point in professional baseball that it looked like he may be doing. Um, but him and I have always had a very, very good mutual respect. And um, when the opportunity presented itself, I, I reached out to him and it really didn't take very long. Um, I think because of our relationship, because he had already been here uh, and had great success, it just it, it was pretty easy for both sides to know that this made a ton of sense and so we've gotten along great again we challenge each other and present ideas to each other every day and I think the players are, are the beneficiaries of, of just all of our experiences and, and and us trying to find the best way to do everything we do in our program and so it's been really good.